Welcome to Dodgers Daily. I'm Casey Porter. I'm so glad that you decided to tune in. We have a great show for you today. Today we're going to talk about the future of the shortstop position in the Dodgers organization. Of course, we all know that Trey Turner elected to be a free agent last week. So what will that future look like? That's what today's show is going to cover. But before we get into it too much, just a reminder, if you like this video and if you like this kind of content, go ahead and click that like button and leave a comment. Tell all your friends about Dodgers Daily and share this video so Dodgers Daily can keep growing and we can keep providing you content like this in the future. Okay, what is that shortstop position going to look like? I think you have to start with Trey Turner. What is Trey Turner going to want? And I think the thing that the Dodgers aren't going to like about his contract is the length that he's going to want. The Dodgers already have Mookie Betts signed to a very long contract. And really, when you look at the amount of prospects in the Dodgers organization, when you look at the amount of talent that's already in the organization, the only way the Dodgers aren't going to compete every year for a World Series title, if not be the favorites, is if they have a bunch of contracts to guys that underperform their last three or four years while they're in the organization. Hopefully that doesn't happen with Mookie Betts. I don't think it will. But if you have several guys on those types of contracts that are very long, you stand a chance of guys not performing like they're getting paid the last three or four years, and it ties you up to where you can't go get free agents, you can't trade people, those kinds of things. So I think because of the Mookie Betts, contract and how long it is the Dodgers are going to be a little bit weary of giving the length that Trey Turner is going to want we will see so if that doesn't happen and the Dodgers do not sign Trey Turner we are going to see what happens in the future so we'll see but we're going to cover all the different scenarios if the Dodgers don't re-sign Trey Turner and we're going to do that on today's show with Dodgers Daily. All right, so let's jump into it. We just talked about the Trey Turner situation. So if the Dodgers don't re-sign Trey Turner, what will they do? Will they go out and make a splash in the free agency market? Will they stay in-house? So let's start with if the Dodgers decide to go ahead and pay up and, and go into the free agency market, the first guy they would have to look at is Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson is 28 years old. He is in the middle of his prime. He had a very, very, very good regular season offensively. He hit 277. His OPS was right at 800. You know, his average was like seventh best in the league this year. His OPS was sixth best in the league. So he had a very good offensive year. We always know that he plays the great defense. He was the second best shortstop in terms of field, fielding percentage in all of Major League Baseball in 2022. So his defense was elite, and his offense was also very, very good. He had the seventh best batting average for any shortstop in all of Major League Baseball. He had the sixth best uh, OPS in all of baseball as far as shortstop go in the major leagues. So he had a great year offensively in the regular season. But then in the postseason, when you look at what happened to him, is he really struggled. And for the second year in a row, Dansby Swanson struggled in the postseason. As a matter of fact, Dansby Swanson hit just 125 in the playoffs this year for the Braves. Now keep in mind, if the Dodgers go out and make a splash and spend a whole lot of money, it's been rumored by MLB.com that the Braves offered $100 million. He turned that down. Dansby Swanson is 28 years old. So players know that that the, the organizations aren't giving the big contracts to guys in their 30s anymore. So being 28, this is Dansby Swanson's last big chance at a contract. The odds would say, now he may keep performing, and that, that may prove not to be the case, but the odds would say 
This is his last big contract. He's going to want to get paid accordingly. So rumor has it that he's asking for $140 million. So for the Dodgers to go pay $140 million for a a shortstop, which would tie them up in other areas to maybe go get a pitcher or an outfielder or something like that, they would need to get a guy that has a proven track record in the postseason. Because the thing is, the only reason you're going to go spend money is to give yourself a better chance to win the World Series. You could move Jacob Amaya there or Gavin Lux, and the Dodgers are going to be just fine, make the playoffs. And and as we've seen, winning the division is overrated. We saw that this year, especially now that the way it's set up and you get the time off. So the Dodgers could move a couple of different guys over there, save money, and make the playoffs. So the goal is not just to have a great regular season. The goal is to give yourself the best chance. If you're going to pay $140 million to win a World Series, Dansby Swanson this year, 125 is and and in 2021 of course the Braves won the World Series and we remember them beating the Dodgers so we have really great members of Dansby Swanson he is a great player don't get me wrong I don't mean any of this to be negative I'm just trying to give facts because 140 million dollars is a lot of money so let's cover it all he hit just 224 and his OPS was just 607 in the 2021 postseason so Dansby Swanson two years in a row in the playoffs has not been very good offensively. And as a matter of fact, in 2022, this last year, he had almost the exact same type of season that the Dodgers as a club had overall in the sense that very good regular season, postseason, kind of disappointing. So do you want to bring in a guy that 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 has kind of matched what the problems you have are for $100 million, uh, $140 million? To me, that would be a little bit of a stretch. That would be that would be a tough sell for me just to say that, hey, we're going to pay this much, which is going to tie up other positions, money that you could spend in other positions to bring in a guy that's really not done in the past. Now, that's not to say in the, in the coming years he doesn't just have great years in the postseason. That's just to say he hasn't done it as for a career and in the last two years in the postseason. And that is really the sore spot for the Dodgers is finding somebody who will hit in the playoffs, and that has not been Dansby Swanson the last two years. Again, I don't mean that negatively. I don't mean that to say that he's not a great player because he is a great player. He would totally fit from a culture perspective. He'd be great in the clubhouse. He'd be great in the dugout. He'd be great on the field. He's a great player. He would do all those things, so he would fit from all those perspectives. He's he's an elite defender, and he played very good offense in 2022. He's in his prime. He has all those things going for him, but I just don't think, you know, it'd be a stretch for me. Of course, we'll see. The Dodgers front office makes the the right decisions way more than make the wrong decisions. We'll see what they do, but, but $140 million is a lot of money for that situation. So if the Dodgers don't go with Dansby Swanson, I think the next guy that you would look at is Willie Adamas, and you can give credit to Doug McCain from Dodgers Nation. He has been all over this. He posted about this a couple of weeks ago on his Twitter, and you know I've actually communicated with him about this situation. About and he actually a couple of weeks ago, give him credit for this. You know he put in Corbin Burns into a a trade scenario with Willie Adamas, and and to get. Willie Thomas and Corbin Burns, you're going to have to give up multiple prospects, top prospects, not just prospects, guys like Diego Cartaya, guys like Bobby Miller. Then you're also, also with those guys, going to have to give up established major leaguers that are young, like Dustin May. So I think to get a Willie Adamas, to get a Corbin Burns together, you're going to have to give up somebody like a Tony Gonsolin 
and or a Dustin May, one of those two types of guys. And then you're also going to have to give up Bobby Miller and Diego Cartaya. I think you're going to have to give up that much in return to the Brewers. That's a long haul. So, you know, that, that's a big price to pay. So, and of course, Willie Domus is going to be, he's going to be a free agent, I believe, after 2024. So you'd have him for a couple of years before he became a free agent. So that's a good thing. So let's talk about Willie Adamas. He's He's good defensively. He has the good range. He has the good arm. Willie Adamas, though, let's talk about his offense. He's in his prime as well, and but in 2022, he hit 238. Okay, so to give up Bobby Miller, of course, we're talking about a package with Corbin Burns. The package to get him would, would certainly have a top prospect in it and maybe even an established Major League Baseball player. So I think – you would have to see the package for Willie Adamas by himself first, but it's going to be expensive because he's a very good player and he's in his prime right now. And Adamas, uh, he hit 238 in 2022. His OPS was 756. Again, if you're going to go out and you're going to give up a lot of prospects, your number one and only goal needs to be we're going to set ourselves up to be have the best chance at winning. In the postseason, the way that you do that is you put guys on your team that have a track record of being good in the postseason. Just going to say it point blank. Adamus, for a lifetime in the playoffs, 194. He's a, Now, again, he's a wonderful player. I don't mean that to be negative. I don't mean that to be a criticism of him. I'm just simply coming at it from a Dodgers perspective of we're already good enough in the regular season. We already have enough talent, quote-unquote talent. What we need are guys – that will help us get over the hump and win a World Series. And, you know, just looking at Dansby Swanson in the last two years in the playoffs, and then Willie Adamas, a 194 lifetime hitter for the postseason. His OPS lifetime in the postseason is 641. If those trends, if Willie Adamas just continues to be, and Dansby Swanson continue to do exactly what they've always done, that does nothing to advance the the cause for the as far as offensively the cause for the Dodgers to win a World Series. It just doesn't. And, and in some cases, you're going to have to pay so much or give up so many prospects. It might actually hinder some chances you would have in the future. So those two trades, I would not be in favor of for those two factors. So what I'm actually in favor of, and I've seen it with my own eyes. I was on the grounds crew in 2019, and you can call me a prospect hugger or whatever. I really am not. I, I am all about the Dodgers winning a world championship, and I am all about all of the players making the major leagues as fast as they can. If it's with the Dodgers, great. If it's not with the Dodgers, then I hope they get traded. I hope they get rule fived, and I hope they get put in a an organization in a situation that helps each one of these players make the major leagues as fast as they can. So I am not a prospect hugger from that perspective. I, I am coming at this from a baseball perspective. I was on the grounds crew in 2019 when Gavin Lux came through Oklahoma City. I'm telling you right now, this young man is a shortstop. He is a shortstop by nature. He grew up playing shortstop. That's where he feels comfortable. He's had to play second base because the Dodgers have had, had you know, borderline Hall of Fame type guys playing shortstop like Corey Seager. And I don't think that's an exaggeration. Trey Turner, Corey Seager, certainly all-stars, possibly, you know, uh, Hall of borderline Hall of Famers someday. And that's why Gavin Lux has had to play second base. But he is a shortstop. He feels comfortable there. I have seen him there. He is very good there. He has a good arm, great range. He's comfortable, a good glove. As a matter of fact, Gavin Lux's all-time fielding percentage at shortstop at the major league level 
is just about exactly the same as Willie Adamas. And and so, you know, I'm very sold on the ability that Gavin Lux has to play shortstop at the major league level. He is very good, and he's a good offensive player. He had a good year this year in 2022. Offensively, he hit 276 for the Dodgers. But again, here's another situation you have. If you're trying to advance your cause for a World Series, Gavin Lux has hit just 216 so far in the postseason for his career. But here's the deal. It would save you a ton of money. So if you can get just similar production from Gavin Lux at shortstop as you would from an Adamas or a Swanson, you're saving a ton of money, which is going to advance your cause to win a World Series because then at that point, you can go out and get a big-time starting pitcher because you've saved money to do that. You can go out and get a big-time, say, left fielder or a right fielder, move Mookie Betts to second base because you've saved the money to be able to do that. So if you think that you can get any kind of equal production at shortstop, which I am 100% convinced absolutely would happen if you put out Gavin Lux at shortstop. If you can get similar production from him as you would get from Willie Adamas, as you would get from Dansby Swanson, that is absolutely 100% the correct move to make because, like I said, it would save you money. Gavin Lux is going to give you length at that position because you're going to have him for quite a while, two to three more years from here. So, Again, it would save you money and it would open up the pocketbooks for another position to go out and get a free agent and and fill another position on, you know, whereas if you went and got a Dansby Swanson for $140 million, it would tie you up a little bit, whereas if you can get just similar production by Gavin Lux, you're way less tied up and you can go out and get a big-time free agent. And so, you know, that would be choice number one for me if you decided to stay at the prospects range, and you wanted to keep maybe Gavin Lux at second base, of course, the Dodgers have Michael Bush, who is fantastic. If you wanted to dip into the prospects, you would dip into Jacob Amaya. He would be the only one you would consider, and I can tell you this right now. I've seen this young man play quite a bit. had a chance to talk to him. I've done a feature cut on him. This young man is very, very, very good, and he has continued to get better throughout his career. If you'll notice, if you look at his numbers in the past, He's been able to hit for average and have good on-base percentages, but then not hit for power. And then and then in 2021, he, his power spiked with 13 home runs, but then he didn't have a good average. He didn't have a good on-base percentage. But I'll tell you what, 2022, he put it all together. He hit 261. His OPS was good. He hit 17 home runs, which means he's hit 30 home runs in the last two years. In the minor leagues, and I know it's the, it's double A, it's triple A, and you are exactly correct. But and you don't know what you're going to get when a guy plays at the major league level. But this guy is a gamer. The major league level won't. In fact, he'll raise his game and become better at that level because he's that type of competitor. And I'll tell you another thing about Jacob and my. You know, there's been a lot of publications before I get to my next thought on him. A lot of publications like MLB.com have rated him the best infielder in the Dodgers organization for several years, and some have even rated him as one of the better defensive infielders in all of minor league baseball. He is so good defensively. If you go to the article I'm writing on this, I do have my feature cut posted on that, and it shows some how he moves to his left, how he moves to his right, and how he's so smooth doing it, and how he's so good, how he's so good defensively and why I think he has a good upside offensively. But another aspect of Jacob Amaya that Dodgers fans will love, you know, I've heard this a lot from Dodgers fans that, 
you know, we need some fire in our belly. Dave Roberts doesn't motivate the guys real well. It's just kind of ho-hum, and it seems like one day is the same as the next. And and want a little bit more rah-rah type feel to your dugout. Jacob Amaya is going to give you that. Tim Rogers of Dodgers 2080, Tim Rogers of Dodgers Nation, will tell you point blank. He has been in the dugout with him at Rancho Cucamonga several different times. This young man is fiery. He has fire in his belly. He forces his teammates to play with fire in their bellies, and he leads by example, and he holds his teams accountable. He is totally, totally, totally a leader. I have, Of course, I don't get to sit in the dugout in Oklahoma City and Tulsa like Tim did in Rancho, but I've been right next to the dugout, like within inches in games, and I have seen it with my own eyes. This young man is full of fire. He's full of energy, and he is full of leadership. And that is something that I think this Dodgers club could actually use quite a bit of. So I think from that perspective, he brings a whole lot to the table for the Dodgers. So Jacob Amaya is a young man that the Dodgers need to give a lot of consideration to. And just like Gavin Lux, if you went with him, you're saving a ton of money. So if you can get a similar type defensive shortstop, from Jacob Amaya as you could get from a Willie Adamas. If he can hit a 250, a 260, if he can hit 12, 13, 14, 15 home runs and have an OPS somewhere, you know, in the in the 700s, okay, you are really doing yourself a favor by the if you're the Dodgers by playing him instead of going out and tying your hands because then I'm going to say it again. You can go out and get a guy for left field or a starting pitcher that has a track record with the playoffs that would actually position you to be in a better position to win the World Series because that is the goal. The goal is not to win regular season games. We've seen that winning your division is overrated, you know, especially with the way the playoffs are set up now and you have to have that time off. So the goal is to get as many players on your team that perform their best in the playoffs. And if you did that, if you put Jacob Meyer or Gavin Lux out there, that would give you the chance to go ahead and shop around and find guys like that to fill some of the spots that you're going to have open, maybe at third base, maybe in left field, maybe in right field, moving Mookie Betts to second base or wherever that may be. So those are my thoughts on the future of the position of shortstop in the Dodgers organization. So I hope you enjoyed it. So there you have it. There are my thoughts on the future of the shortstop position in the Dodgers organization. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Dodgers Daily, and I hope you tune in to the next episode next week. Hey, I also hope that you log on to DodgersDaily.net. That's DodgersDaily.net, or you visit Dodgers Daily on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. And I also hope that you become a subscriber to the Dodgers Daily podcast on your podcast streaming service of your choice. Just a reminder, again, if you like this video, if you like this kind of content, go ahead and click that like button, leave a comment, tell all your friends about Dodgers Daily, and share this video. So again, Dodgers Daily can keep growing, and we can keep providing you content like this in the future. As always, thanks for tuning in, and go Dodgers!